Sean and Caitlin are on break this week, but while they're off, Dad's Daughters and Dollars is still on. Here's an encore of one of their most popular episodes. Enjoy. Welcome to Dad's Daughters and Dollars, a financial podcast for everyone. Now, here's one of my favorite people. (laughs) I'm Sean the Dad, clearly the favorite. And I'm Caitlin, the daughter. Clearly, my dad's mistaken. Hello. Hello. How are you, Dad's Daughters and Dollars co-star? I am good. We're doing good. I hope everyone out there is doing good, too. Uh, Excellent. Um, All right. So before we get into today's subject, I just want to talk about one quick thing. Oh, one quick thing. All right. And this is from Morgan Housel. This is not about your career. So you're shocked. You were like, oh, here he goes again. Stop. I literally thought that was about to be it. It's not. Good. So nothing but surprises on this end. So I've talked to you before when we've said, uh, these are kind of some of the people I follow. So I just read a blog from Morgan Housel. It was, I don't know if it was from April 5th or whatever. And as we record this, we're in the middle of April. Um, I think he's one of the smartest financial writers there there is because he always puts it in things that you can understand. And this comes back to, even though that's not what he was intended, this comes back to people putting emotions with money. And he defined what's considered a shock cycle for all big news events. And one of the big news events we're dealing with as we record this, this is a big war in Ukraine. Right. Okay. So he says, this is how people think. And then With each one of these things, they believe it's kind of not going to be different. So the first thing is with a news cycle, it's you always assume good news is permanent. And that makes you oblivious, the second point, to bad news. So then you ignore bad news. Then you deny the bad news is going to happen. Like there's no way there's going to be a pandemic or whatever. And then you panic once the bad news comes. Okay. Yeah, I don't know about those. But okay, that exact process. But okay, then you accept the bad news. Mm -hmm. Okay, there is a pandemic. There is a war. There is uh, inflation. Then you assume the bad news is permanent. Then you ignore the good news. And then it's a cycle. Then you deny the good news. Then you accept the good news, and you're back to assuming the good news is permanent. And this happens on all the news cycles, whether. It takes three months for this full cycle to happen, or it takes three years. That's the way people's brains work. And it's really smart the way he put it like that, because there's that assumption that, oh, God, it's not going to get, the gas prices will never go lower. And then eventually they do. I would say it's just because humans have a tendency to want to adapt and like be in a, be in a constant state, like always have a home, always have access to food, like have all of those needs met. So when there's a huge thing like a pandemic and that interrupts a lot of people's needs, you're, you know, you will panic. And then you're like, you know, we are still dealing with the effects of a pandemic. I mean, I think that's kind of a once in a lifetime bad news thing. For the most part, everybody is back to work and it's not like it went for 10 years. Right. So, we might be dealing with stuff from time to time, but this is a really unique way of describing news cycles and how 
we make these assumptions and it never turns out that the bad news is never permanent and the good news is never permanent. Well, I certainly hope the war in Ukraine ends very soon. Yeah, so do we'll, I. We'll see. Okay, so let's get into solo 401ks. Okay. Any idea what that is? Um, well, you've told me about a 401k before and how you somewhat recently, yeah, opened up one for you and mom. Um, I don't necessarily know the pros and cons. I couldn't, you know, list that off on a pop quiz test on the podcast, but, uh, I definitely think you've mentioned them before. All right. Form of retirement. No. Correct. Form of a benefit a company could give me if they, um, hired me or something like that. And they'd be like, Oh, we'll, we'll match your 401k. I think some friends of mine have told me that. Okay. So a solo 401k and because you have your own business and I do too, and we have loan out companies, a solo 401k is specifically for a business owner. It's not like you go to work for Microsoft and they offer you a 401k. It's your own 401k. So that in the bylaws of your corporation, you can say, yes, I'm entitled to a retirement plan. Oh, and it just happens to be a solo 401k. Right. Why is it called a solo 401k? Because the only person who can benefit from this is you. You can't have any employees to have a solo 401k. With one exception. The IRS says that your spouse can still be part of a solo 401k, meaning... If you have a business and you are primarily the only business owner, but then you you get married and you decide, oh, that person's going to help me with the business, but you're still the primary person. Mm-hmm. You can have a solo 401k and so can that person, your spouse, but you can't have any other employees. So. Whereas, and then I'll stop you in just for 30 seconds. Whereas if you work for Microsoft, Microsoft might have 50,000 employees and they can all be offered a 401k but it's completely different than a solo 401k. Okay, so they are two different things. So I guess my one question is, if, let's say I'm 40, and maybe it's before then that I've decided I have a solo 401k, but then what if I, I don't know, business changes or business is really good, and I end up needing to hire someone part-time that isn't a spouse? Um, You hire someone part-time, it doesn't count if they have to be full-time. Okay, in the situation I am in the position to hire so someone full-time, what do you do? You, then you don't have to continue with your plan. You could just leave it static. So it's just still in at an account growing, Correct. kind of. Okay, you yeah. just can't add to it because you're not a solo Correct. entity anymore. Correct. But okay. then there's other things that are... There's other options, yeah. There's other retirement options. Okay. All right, so... A solo 401k is a retirement plan for a business owner, has no employees, with one exception, the IRS says your spouse or someone you're married to can be the other employee. Um, The maximum, so this kind of goes up every year. Sometimes it goes up by $1,000. Sometimes it goes, the max you can contribute to it, get this, for 2022, as we record this, $61,000. So if you made a ton of money on your own, and you wanted to be super savvy and save it all for retirement, uh, you'd put in the max for a retirement account or a Roth, right? I think we've definitely covered that on this show before. You've put in, you know, you you did, you checked off all the boxes for the year, you know, you and you just want to save a whole bunch, you can put in 61000 Now, but that's not the full amount. 
61,000 is if you're below 50, which you are. If you're above 50, you get to add 6,500, which is called like a catch up. So you get to add more to catch up. So the total's like 67 or something? 67,5. 67,5. Okay. All right. So let um, me explain how this works. Well, also, I just want to say that um, I feel like maybe you know these numbers offhand roughly, but um, that amount to put away is like unheard of. Um, I think in previous podcasts, we have mentioned numbers of how much you're allowed to put away per year, um, whether you're employed by a company or you are self-employed, whatever your financial or employment status is, um, 61,000 is out of this world, not even in the, in the ballpark of other options. Correct. When it comes but to what saving. I'm just saying, look at that. If your business was wildly successful, you have that as an option. Right. All right. Now, when they say your max is 61000 you could still only put away two. Right, yeah. Let's say you're on Etsy and you had a really great year and you still need to put in money towards the business or whatever. I mean, I'm in that situation now, so. So, for instance, you have a Roth IRA and the max you can put in that is 6000 a year as an individual. Yes. If your business next year made $200,000 and you said, you know what, I don't want to put away just six. With my solo 401k, I'm going to put away 8,500 because yeah. I made 200. 8,500 is not a huge dent in the my overall wealth in or in terms of buying a house. Four percent ish. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying. It, it's not terrible. Whereas if you're just an individual without that loan out company, your own business, you could only max out at six grand. Gotcha. So, so here's the options. Now, here's the nice thing. Of that 61000 I'm going to break it down for you because there's two parts of a solo 401k. You are considered two people when you own a business. You're considered the employer. And the employee. And the employee. Yeah. As an employee for 2022, you can put away $20,500 on your behalf as an employee. So you open a solo 401k at Schwab or Fidelity or whoever it is. And you say, this is how much I'm putting in for the employee contribution. Now, the employer, who is you, mm-hmm. can put away um, up to 25% of your salary or the remaining amount between 20561 which is like, I don't know, it's at uh, 40500 So sure. the f- employer on your behalf can say, I'm contributing on Caitlin's behalf for her future, 40500 and you can put in 20000 The first contribution always has to be the employee's contribution. So let me ask this. I, I, so I do own a business, just for background for everyone listening, and I have to pay a payroll company every month. Not anything crazy, but for my business to be able to pay me and take out the appropriate taxes, all that stuff. That 20000 that I can put in on my behalf is money that's already been paid to me from the business, correct? Or that's coming out of my paycheck. Correct, but I'm going to get into how you can make this solo 401k what you want. Okay. So this is how it works. You have the you have the ability to make the solo 401k a Roth. Okay. For a solo 401k. Okay. So what do you do? You just have to open another account that's a Roth account. Okay. And you have it in your bylaws that says, yes, this 
this company provides for my employees, which you are, to have a retirement plan. And they also have the option of having a Roth 401k. So let me take a crack at this. If I have a solo 401k and then I open up a second account or just make it an account that's attached to the solo 401k, that's a Roth solo 401k, presumably that means that now that's growing tax-free. And, and can I, yes, it is. And can I tell you, you're on the right path because when mom and I did a solo 401k, we did have to open two accounts, one that's taxable and one that's tax-free. So do you have to have, clearly is just, it's like getting from A to B to C. So you can't get from A to C without going to B. Correct. So B is opening up the solo 401k account, but that's just to move everything into C. Correct. Do you need to leave anything in B in order for the IRS to be happy? No. Wow. Yes. So that's it's just a couple you- extra steps. So yeah. it's tax-free and then that's thousands and thousands of dollars saved. So you could go up to $61,000 tax-free. That's, of course, if I make that much, but No, yes. but, but, but if, just say... If people who are my age... For some crazy reason, someone says, you are now the main photographer for the NBA, and you have to travel around the world, and we're going to pay you 350000 Around the world. Yeah. You're going tra- to travel around the world, and you're going to make 350000 salary. Yeah. You're, we're going to want you to go shoot in China and Japan and London and all of the American games. 350000 You go, okay. And you're like, maybe I'll put away 50000 and you can make it into a Roth. Now, so this is how it works when you ask the, the question about uh, tax-free or whatever. If you take the money before you pay taxes, it can go right into a regular solo 401k account. Mm-hmm. If you pay yourself 25000 and the net amount of that is... Eighteen thousand. I don't. Let's say it's twenty thousand. You pay right. your gross salary is twenty five, and then your net is twenty. You can take that full twenty because you've already paid tax on twenty five, and that can go in the Roth four hundred one k because you've already paid tax on it. Right. So the point is, is that if I'm doing everything, if the employee has to pitch in first, right? That's what you said. Yes. That's with money that has already been taxed. No, it doesn't have to be. If, it, if you decide to do an, an employee contribution into the solo 401k because you have two accounts, one's a taxable account, one's a tax-free account, assuming you open a Roth 401k. Oh, so I put the whole 25 in. If you put the, the whole 25 401K. in as an employee into just the regular taxable solo 401k. 401K. Then you just move it. In tw- in, no, in 40 years when you take the money out, it's taxable. But if you paid... Whatever, if you decide to contribute your net amount, right, the twenty thousand, then that can go in the Roth. Yeah, the twenty thousand is could, what you get after you've paid five thousand in taxes. But my point is, before you pay yourself any salary, you could take twenty five thousand, or you can take twenty thousand five hundred of money that you made. You made a hundred thousand for a year. You could take twenty thousand five hundred and immediately put it in the in the four hundred one k before you even paid yourself salary. Okay. Because you have the option to have a taxable 401k. Right, but in the long run, you're going to pay more taxes at the end than you will, Well, right? the, in general, but it's not guaranteed. It, it's a, it's a crapshoot. You don't know for I'd, sure. I'd rather pay my taxes first and then know. I just don't have to worry about it. 
if if when you if, tur- if when you turn 40 60, years i see the number then it's like i know that that's the number well one of the things you're rolling the dice on is that taxes will never go up by the time you're 65 yeah, that's true, but the hope is that if I'm getting Meaning the best, that's probably not going to be possible. Right, but I'm saying if I'm trying to get if I'm trying to make time work for me, right. I'd rather like I start off You'd rather guess, it be in a Roth. Yeah, I'd rather it be in the Roth and well, I'd rather So that go was there. my point. If you put it in the taxable account by the time you're 65, and let's say taxes now are averaging 32%. Well, maybe when you're 65, they're 38. So that's 38. If you put it into the Roth, you're like, if it's 38, it could be 49% tax. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because you're not getting tax on it. Yeah, I'd rather pay, know that I'm paying 5000 up front, you know, in taxes for each year. But also, hello, people. <laughs> this is on the assumption that I make that much. But but, but if, I know you get, on, I know you get, on, hang ahead. on. If you do make that much, then this is very much a good option. I, I'll just say that when you came to me and you told me about this, and I don't know if you found this out through a podcast or if, uh, I don't know if the accountant told you. No, I found it out through a podcast. You found it out through a podcast. I got it right. It was an article. Um, he found it out through a podcast and you did a ton of research on it. I remember you just being like really digging into it and you, you know, you asked a lot of your, questions, ask a lot of questions, call Schwab, like they're on speed dial, all nine numbers of them we have that I also have now have. Um, and, uh, you, you did it and then you did well, it. Well, I basically said, this is a really good thing you need to consider. Yeah. The thing that you get a little obsessed about is that when I say the max you can put in is $61,000, do not put in 61000 Put in 7000 as the employee contribution. Right, but- I just want you to know there are options. Well, there's also, uh, there's a greater range, which is nice, which yeah. you wouldn't have if you're, you know, maybe you were just employed versus self-employed. Um, but I'll say that if, uh, I know I definitely have some really talented friends and, uh, you know, people I know who, you know, could reasonably make high six figures. Uh, I guess if maybe if you're a doctor, I don't know how that works, but, um, a lot of people I know who, who might be in that position to put in a ton of money in retirement and, uh, a Roth 401k solo 401k sounds great. Um, I guess I just need to convince all of my friends to maybe make, um, businesses if that's, if that can be possible in their Well, and, and by the way, some people having a business, even if you were like working for a corporation, they were going to pay you as a loan on, it's just not for them because there is some extra paper keeping, there's some, a little bit more IRS stuff. You got to pay a little bit more to an accountant to help you with your corporate taxes. So for some people, that's just a pain in the neck. To me, it's an extra eight hours out of my life during the whole one year. And then I go, oh, the benefit is just significant. I'll say that I, you know, it was right at the beginning of the pandemic that my dad taught me kind of how he operates his loan out company. And then we formed mine. And I feel like I'm, I don't want to say light years ahead, but I definitely feel grateful to already have this set up. Um, And I'm, it took me a while to like learn how to pay myself, like don't pay myself all of what your company has been paid. Um, You know, I have, the business has credit card bills to pay off and 
all that stuff. So it took me some time and I think I've got the hang of it now or at least the basics, which is good. And I can't wait to hopefully one day be in a position where, yeah, I pulled in over six figures and, uh, you know, I can put in 7,000 into a Roth solo 401k. Cause I know yeah. it's not just a 401k, it's a solo. And, um, I don't know if I will be hiring anyone anytime soon, but maybe I'd be in that position and then you reevaluate, but I don't see that on the horizon quite yet. Um, so it's, I'm excited to, you know, thank you for teaching me about this today. Uh, yeah. So, but I want to take a quick break and we'll come back and finish up with this episode, but I have some really interesting stuff to tell you after. Oh, okay. We'll see you after the break. Okay. So we're back. And just to summarize real quick, we were talking about a solo 401k, which is if you have your own business and it could be an S corp, uh, LLC, it could be a Aren't there the C Corp, right? C Corp. I don't know the other versions there are. Those I know those three. And you have your own thing, whether it's you're a consultant or you're an influencer and you have your own YouTube channel, whatever it is. You know, LA my, folks. my daughter's a <laughs> my daughter's a freelance photographer. So we formed the business for her because you know, like I'll give them a quick example. Oh, you're in San Diego. Now you're in Los Angeles. Now you're in Palm Springs. It's like there's all this gas and getting hotels and stuff like that. And even though you get reimbursed for some of this stuff, you're constantly having to spend money. So I'm like, it's going to be so much better to put it through the business and get paid as a business. And as you were discussing before the break, it was like hard to get used to. How do you pay yourself through the payroll company online? And how do you do this? And what should I estimate I need for expenses this year? I also just never knew how much to pay myself. And I think I have it. You can like, have it dialed in now, right? Well, not exactly, but I just know that I recently um, made kind of a big camera purchase. And in combination with uh, travel that I kind of have to pay for upfront, um, it added up. And I will see a lot of that back. Obviously, the camera gear, I, I don't ever really see that money back, but it's you know, I work and then I make more. So it eventually will hopefully pay itself off. But, um, I, I watch call it. I'm learning that like, Oh, okay. My expenses, this next bill that I pay at what the beginning of May will be easily my highest bill <laughs> ever that the business has paid, but that's okay. Because I actually made, um, a, a record amount in the past two months. And, I'm choosing to pay myself not all that much so that the business can just pay off what it needs to and Amex doesn't get mad at me. Right. <laughs> um, interest is not something I plan on accruing anytime soon. So, All right. So one of the reasons I brought up the solo 401k with you and to summarize for people, you have well, your the own- the Roth solo 401k too. Well, let me, I'll, let me get into that. So the solo 401k is for someone who owns a business that has no employees with one exception, your spouse could be an employee and then it's still considered a solo 401k. All right. So as long as you meet those things, you can put away 20,500 as an employee and you can put away 40,500 as the employer, which is you, the same person. The great thing about this is you get to choose your tax advantage. It's your choice. IRS lets you do this so that if you have a regular 401k, you have no choice. It's only going to be taxable. If you work for Microsoft and you have a 401k, you do not have a choice of that being a Roth 401k. 
Mm-hmm. It is just you put in money, Microsoft puts in money. They have a matching thing or whatever their amount that they'll match up to. And then that cannot be a Roth 401k. It, with your own business, you can. So you get to choose your tax advantage. Do I want a write-off? So, for instance, you pay out $25,000 in salary. And you your net amount is 20000 That 20000 can go right into a Roth solo 401k. Or you've made 100000 for the year and you say, $25,000 i am putting into the taxable account. You get a write-off on that $25,000 up front. Right, okay. So you'll pay less taxes over the year. Yeah. So you get to choose if you want the taxable account. Or the ta- and some, for some people, the taxable account is going to make more sense because, uh, like you, I'm buying all this equipment soon, so I'd rather have the tax write-off so I have a little bit more cash on hand to buy new equipment. And I'm just doing that this year. I'm not doing it 20 years. For the next 30 years, right. I'm not doing you, it. You get to choose. What I'll ask is... If you work at Microsoft and you're making $200,000 and you're living in the Bay Area, or I think Microsoft's actually, I guess they're in the Bay Area. I don't know. I think there's also an Amazon headquarters in Seattle, and I don't know why I'm getting the two confused. Point is, you're getting paid $200,000, and that's after everything's been taxed. Let's say you're actually making more. But after everything's said and done, you're taxed. You still have $200,000 to play with. Um you can't put that in a Roth IRA. Like what's the difference between what's well, the benefit your, between a Roth IRA and a Roth a solo Roth, 401k? A Roth IRA is for someone who doesn't have a business. And two, it is you could uh, put into a Roth IRA as long as you meet whatever the income uh, cutoffs are. So I don't know what they are for. There are income cutoffs. I didn't know that. Exactly. So it might be like if you make over 130000 you cannot contribute to a Roth 401. You can't Whoa. contribute to a Roth. Yeah, there's total limits. Wow. I mean, look, I guess you could invest in mutual index funds. What, what are they? Yeah, called? exactly. Yeah. Um, and then if they become long-term, then that's a beneficial situation. And then you're probably set for life if you're bringing home $200,000 a year after taxes. But um, I know a lot of us aren't in that position. So um, this is just, I guess, specifically for business owners then. Um, but it's I, that's good to know because I have a Roth IRA. And now I can also have a Roth a 401k. Solo 401k. Correct. Yeah. That's kind of cool. It, yeah, it is. So that I'm going to make the assumption because I want to be positive that someday you will have the ability to put into a Roth solo 401k. If the only retirement accounts you have are tax-free, it is just such a good way to sort of, I don't know, beat the future because you never know what the future holds in terms of taxes or what tax bracket you'll be in so that anytime you're touching any of your retirement account stuff, you're like, well, it's tax-free. So here's, it's funny that you say that. I'm kind of reminded of, I, so I use Twitter. Uh, I'm 25. I use Twitter. Um, And there's been a handful of times where I've seen someone who is probably about my age and they screenshot an article that says, well, you're a million dollars be enough for retirement. And then, you know, the person says above it, like my what? And it's like, I, I do definitely think retirement is something I'm happy we're talking about and I'm happy that there's options also because I think I don't know if this is proven true yet but 
I think there's been studies that have shown that we're slowly moving towards a gig economy and that everyone is, you know, moving towards being maybe not not self-employed, but, um, you know, definitely more of that than I'm the milkman. I work for the milk company, you know? Um, so I think it's really useful for everyone trying to, I don't know, make a living. I mean, a million dollars sounds like a lot, but has anyone seen the price of gas lately and inflation? Like imagine even after the war in Ukraine is done and over and Russia can just go back. Putin, Putin will hopefully be gone. And, um, uh, you know, gas is still, oh, it's still $7 and that's not that expensive now. You know, I don't know. So then you guys will adapt and you'll get electric cars, whatever it is. You have a friend who is, you'll adapt. Hopefully electric cars you will can't, be, you be can't around think, before $7 gas. You definitely cannot think that there's no strategies to beat when inflation happens or whatever. You'll, you'll figure it out. You guys I, are very I smart. think there are. I'm just saying a lot of people in my generation don't know them. Um, so how do you open a solo form? Very easy. Provided you have your own business, you can go to a Schwab, a Fidelity, those type of things, uh, brokerage, and you just have to have your employer ID number. And you can open a, a solo 401k online. Let me be, um, let me just ask a silly question. Brokerage, meaning I could not walk. If I only had a Bank of America or a Wells Fargo, I could not walk into those places. I can't be, say I for can, sure. I can't say for sure. Okay. I just know that. The, a brokerage is definitely going to be able to give it to you. Well, I can't guarantee that I know uh, every brokerage does, but I know those two do. Okay. Like when I mentioned Schwab and Fidelity. There's Wait, one, this is why we have Google. It's but okay. there is one other record-keeping thing I want you to know. When you, when Schwab helped me set up the 401k, they sent me to this other company, and the company put together, and it's like a 35-page thing of like, this is Sean's solo 401k and Roth solo 401k paperwork, meaning this is what his bylaws say. So he's allowed to do this. So they are sort of the... Um, administrator of my retirement plan because you have to have sort of a retirement plan administrator, more or less. And anytime your Roth solo 401k um, goes above or, or anything in your, whether it's the taxable solo 401k or the Roth, the, anytime it goes above 250000 so let's say you've had it 20 years and you've been putting in 10000 a year and then with compound interest, it's above two fifty. Anytime it goes above 250, you have to file another form with the IRS. So that's what this company, it's like Form 5500, I think it's called. Um, yeah, 5500 SF. So anytime you go above 250,000. But there's a way around not paying that fee, of course, because I figured it out. Of course you did. You can transfer money from your Roth 401k just to your regular Roth IRA. Wait, what? So you have a Roth solo. No, Dad, I get it, but Roth solo solo 401k to your Roth IRA. Yes. How is that legal? What do you mean? When you take the money, it this here's some taxable money. Let me just put the taxable money, uh, tax free money, into another tax free account. You can absolutely. So how does that? Oh. You're not taking taxable to taxable. You're not taking the money. Sorry, the light bulb. It was slow, but it did go off, folks. Um. Basically, it's at two hundred forty thousand. So I'm going to put twenty thousand into my Roth IRA now. Yeah, and it could be invested in the exact same things. Jeez. So, but one other tiny. I'm thing. smiling. That's that's smart. One other tiny thing. 
you can't transfer it unless you've owned the account you're transferring it to for at least five years. So the Roth IRA account, you'd have to own at least five years. You can't like, oh, I've had the Roth solo 401k for 20 years, and I'm just opening this up to kind of avoid paying that $250 fee and and all that stuff. So, Well, so my question is, and let's, we can debate this. I mean, the episode's getting a little long, but it's okay. Stick with me. If you can put in way more into a Roth solo 401k. Then you can then into a Roth IRA. Correct. So it's growing that much faster. If you're capping it at just below 250, do you think that's actually hurting you in the end because it's you, not growing as fast as just your Roth IRA? Do you know what I mean when I say that? No, because this is what you could do. You're at 240. Transfer 230,000 of it. To the other one. So now that one, the Roth plus the 230 are growing. At, gotcha. Okay. Just leave 10,000 in the solo 401k. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You, you I guess could, it's just bigging or bigging, moving big amounts of money is just. Uh, sounds scary. A little, but um, something. But it's not something, <laughs> it's not something you're taking for cash. You're just saying transfer from this account to this account. Both are tax free. So I, I don't want any of the money. Just put it in a different account, and you can do that. So let me ask this, because I know you've known about Roth Solo 401ks for some time now, and I don't know how long you and mom have had yours open. We've had ours three and a half years. You've had yours? It's already been three and a half years? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, do you know any friends who have Roth Solo 401ks or who you've spoken to who have wanted to open them? No. Okay. But I do, ha- I do have some friends who have what's called a defined benefit plan. And those are like, all right, you're a millionaire. You're making $1.2 million a year. You can put away, I think, you sort of back into the numbers, but you can, I think you can put away as much as 300000 a year. Jeez. So basically a defined benefit plan, there's some sort of actuary who's figuring the numbers and somehow can figure out what's the max you can put away. But it's definitely more than this 61000 But that's for the millionaires in the room. So if anyone's Correct. listening, maybe know, you already have that figured I out. Know, <laughs> I know some people with that. Okay. But I don't know anybody who has the Roth Solo one. Well, for kudos to them and their mansions and their Porsches. But, <laughs> and listen, kudos, I guess, to me, because I found out about this four years ago. I did about two months of research, and I said, we're doing this. And then I'm... How do you feel as though you found the benefits in just three and a half years? Oh, absolutely. We got to look at some numbers after this. <laughs> well, like I'll give you an example. It used to be 19500 last year was the max you could put in as an employee. Because mom and I are both over 50, you could put another 6500 So that was 26000 The first $26,000 that we made, that we paid out of the company every year, went 100% to the Roth. For the last three years? Yeah. You did that through a pandemic? Correct. And we did that because we knew we had enough money, like, okay, for the last nine months of the year, whatever we're going to pay out of salary, we'd have plenty to live on. It would be no problem. But as long as that Roth solo 401k, $26,000 for each of us was growing over the longest period of time, we had the maximum benefit. Right. Well, hey, I learned a ton today. I'm happy you opened it up. Yeah, and I I just mention it because I know you think, oh, the numbers are insane, but it's just an option when the day comes. When the day comes, I will revisit this episode in 
I don't know how many years, but definitely years, not months. Um, thank you guys so much for tuning in. This was a slightly longer one, but happy you stuck with us. And um, thank you as always for tuning in. Please subscribe. Thank you very much. We'll see you on the next one. Bye. The content on Dads, Daughters, and Dollars is for informational purposes only and does not constitute professional financial advice. Listeners should consult an attorney, accountant, financial planner, or other professionals to suit your specific needs.